Welcome to Unlocking the Decentralized Podcast. In this episode, cryptocurrency expert Abhinav Somani explores Web3, blockchain, cryptocurrency tax and investment while engaging with industry pioneers, technologists, and investors. Here is your host, Abhinav Somani. Welcome to the second podcast of Unlocking the Decentralized. Today, we have a very special guest, Alex Masarjan, who is a CPA assisting clients in the crypto space with accounting, bookkeeping, and taxes. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been in this space and how do you assist clients with you know, crypto bookkeeping and how should they go about all this stuff? Yeah. So just a little bit of background about myself. I am a CPA specializing in the field of business management. You know, I work with a lot of entertainment businesses, high net worth individuals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my clientele, I have you know, DJs, music producers, actors, athletes, and, you know, obviously businesses who operate in the crypto space. Okay, so I'm sure you must be dealing a lot with NFTs and taxes. Let's start with NFTs with taxes. And can you tell us a little bit about how the bookkeeping or accounting works for artists that accept, you know, NFTs or are selling NFTs in terms of like opening a business and running such kind of an operation? Yeah, sure. So a lot of times, you know, in the entertainment space, at least, now that there's such thing as NFTs, people in the entertainment space, like in the music industry, especially, they're taking advantage of this. And, you know, they are coming up with their own NFTs and artwork. Mm-hmm. And they're actually monetizing on these types of things. Okay. Now, in terms of accounting for NFTs, it's something, think of it as another business. Like, for example, a merchandise company, you know, instead of selling actual physical merchandise, they are selling NFTs and artwork for you know their fan base or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. now into that obviously you have your cost of goods sold you know paying an nft artist to create the nfts Mm -hmm. then you have things like gas fees as i'm sure you know a lot of nft traders are aware of how costly that can be and you know all of that needs to be taken into account when you know generating a pnl for something like this Okay, so basically it's about, you know, you're allowed to take certain deductions in terms of expenses like gas fees that you mentioned. Right. Yeah. In that, obviously, you have your income, your, you know, however much you sold at whatever price. And then you have your gas fees for minting the NFTs. Then, you know, say you have the artist fee that you pay, whether it be in cash or whether it be in crypto. So all of that needs to be taken into account. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. You know, so as you said, you've been working with a lot of clients in the business management space. Yeah. And crypto has been around and very popular amongst all business like artists. They mm-hmm. accept uh, payments in crypto like Ethereum and Bitcoin. So how does all of this come into account? And what do you think artists either you assist them with or mm-hmm. what do they do about taxes when it comes to accepting in crypto? Yeah, let me just explain the business management aspect a little bit more. Okay. So as a business manager, you're basically basically their personal CFO. Mm -hmm. So think of it when clients are, you know, on the road on tour performing at different venues at a time, you have to make sure that all their vendors are paid, that you are reconciling against what they, you know, what their contracts show, things like that. And obviously, you know, they don't have time to deal with something like this. So what I do as a business manager, I make sure all of their finances are handled. And obviously, as you mentioned, you know, in the past couple of years, crypto has become a more It's evolved into people accepting it, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, 
you're paying off vendors in crypto sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how much of a believer you are in the topic. So mm-hmm. going back to what you said, you know, in that space, receiving crypto, let's just say, or, you know, you're taking a payment in crypto for a service that all needs to be accounted for. Now, whether it be, you know, in Bitcoin, USDT, you know, a dollar peg token, all of that, you know, obviously it doesn't hit your bank account. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're receiving it, all those transactions have to be included when you go and you file your taxes. Right. Yeah. So in my experience, I've seen clients accept dollar peg tokens, mm-hmm. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and even some other, you know, smaller coins mm-hmm. such as like altcoins. Altcoins, uh-huh. yeah, such as like Litecoin or anything else. Got it. Yeah. So taking all that, it's sometimes hard to keep track of, mm-hmm. especially because it never hits a bank account. Right. And oftentimes, you know, clients don't remember, oh, this was for example, for, you know, some services I provided mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. How do you account for all these? Like, for example, mm-hmm. the current price of Bitcoin fell tremendously in the recent times. Right. So how would you expense that? Or can you expense that towards the income that the artist has generated? No. So you're not able to expense that. So whenever whenever the transaction happens, mm-hmm. you have to take either the average daily rates or the spot rate at the time of the transaction. Mm-hmm. And regardless if the coin falls or, you know, increases in price, you are going to be recording at the price that you got it at. As I said, it can be an average daily rate, Mm -hmm. for example, to make it easy. So say, for example, today, Bitcoin, let's just say is $20,000. And if I perform a service and you provide or you send over Bitcoin to me, I'm providing you, let's just say $20,000 worth of service. So you would send me one Bitcoin for the services I provided. Right. If I receive that today, we're going to take that and say, okay, we provided $20,000 worth of service. We received one Bitcoin for that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's $20,000 worth of service. So mm-hmm. we record that as the income. Now, okay. if Bitcoin falls tomorrow mm-hmm. and you don't sell it, obviously mm-hmm. you can't take the expense for it. Okay. You know, on your books, it still shows that $20,000 worth of income. So there's a little bit of risk involved, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So yeah. pretty much, for example, if you receive one Bitcoin in mm-hmm. exchange of $20,000 worth of services mm-hmm. and the price of Bitcoin falls to, like, say, $10,000. Mm-hmm. So you have to sell that Bitcoin to incur that loss or an mm-hmm. expense against the income that you earn. That is correct. So, you, and, okay. and, you know... Just an FYI, you can only take up to $3,000 of losses per year. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, hopefully you would have some gains to offset mm-hmm. those losses or to offset those gains mm-hmm. with those losses. But, yeah, just just keep that in mind that, you know, if a drastic loss happens in a year, mm-hmm. note that you can only take up to $3,000 of losses unless you have gains to offset those with. And that balance gets carried forward. Got it. And this $3,000 threshold is US specific is for clients or listeners who are from yeah. other countries. There's no threshold in countries like India, for example. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. Makes yeah. sense. This is a US threshold. Yep. Okay. Now let's talk about some of the common issues or, you know, troubles that you come across when you do the bookkeeping mm-hmm. or accounting. Now, also, when you spoke about all these artists mm-hmm. or you exchanging services for crypto, right. it does apply industry standard across all business types. Right. It doesn't just only apply to entertainment space. This okay. is, just happens to be where you know, some of the areas that I've seen. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So now I just had a question, you know, while we talked yeah. that 
What are the biggest problems you come across when it comes to doing the bookkeeping side when clients are receiving mm-hmm. payments in crypto? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you don't see these transactions hitting a bank account. Mm-hmm. There's no physical like trail of it. Like, for example, if you look at a bank statement, you're not going to see, you know, one Bitcoin coming in. Right. So you would need either if the client has a centralized wallet, like mm-hmm. in Coinbase or something like that, mm-hmm. you would need to pull all those transactions and kind of keep track of them that way. Now, oftentimes, you know, this can be extremely messy, mm-hmm. you know, keeping track of all that stuff. Obviously, you know, there's sometimes people mix in their personal trades with stuff mm-hmm. that they've received for business. So you kind of have to differentiate that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that would be the first step, obviously, to separate out the business transactions. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go through and actually manual record these because, you know, right now there's no software or anything out there that integrates with exchanges mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like, in the, yeah, mm-hmm. in, in an accounting standpoint, there's no accounting software that integrates to that. Okay. So you have to manually consider and enter those transactions into the client's book. And oftentimes, you know, if they're receiving it and then they go ahead and sell that, there's gains and losses that need to be recorded. Okay. You spoke about recording and reporting that income or expense. Can you talk to us about a typical transaction that happens when, for example, you are exchanging services for crypto? Mm -hmm. Now, what would be, for example, the journal entry that you would do in the books? And this is for like accountants who might be listening Mm -hmm. or business owners Mm -hmm. who would want to know more about it. Yes, of course. If you're receiving crypto, it's a little bit easier to do those entries. Like, for example, the entry we talked about, about receiving one Bitcoin in exchange for services, right? So on your books, you would have, say, an invoice that you sent to them for $20,000. Now, in exchange, they send you one Bitcoin. So now whenever you go ahead and mark that invoice as paid or however the accounting software that you use does it, The first entry would obviously be to recognize that $20,000 of income and $20,000 of accounts receivable, right? Whenever the coin is received, note that it never hits a bank account. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is increase or create an asset in the books specified by whatever coin it is, say Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So you would create an asset class. It'll be considered as another current asset because it's liquid and it can be sold quickly. So you know, you would create that asset. So when the money or when the coin is received, you would then mark that invoice as paid. However, the offsetting entry to that would be an increase in your Bitcoin balance. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not to say that you put one Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be the value in which you received it at. Now, since it is an accounts receivable, say you invoice for $20,000, right? But by the time the money gets in for that one Bitcoin, if say you receive $19,800, let's just say, you would have to record that loss as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, if there's fees involved, you can record that as an expense Correct. or a loss. Yes. Okay, got it. And the balance that you have in the books should be the cost basis of the coin. Got it. And you keep track of, for example, if the client decides to sell it, you use that cost basis against the sales proceeds. Correct. Yes. Okay, got it. That makes sense. And that pretty much explains the back end or accounting side of dealing with all this crypto. Yeah. And that that was only for deposits. Now, it gets a little bit complicated whenever you pay a vendor or you pay someone in a crypto. Now, 
at the time that you pay them, obviously the crypto is going to be, let's just say Bitcoin again, as an example, mm -hmm. say you pay someone, you know, $20,000 for services that are rendered, mm -hmm. but you know, at the time you pay them, say that $20,000 Bitcoin that you receive is now worth 25,000. Mm -hmm. There is going to be a gain that is recognized because now that one Bitcoin is actually worth 25,000. So in a sense, you're getting $25,000 worth of services with that one Bitcoin. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Whenever there is an expense item, there needs to be two entries that are made. Mm -hmm. One for the actual expense and two for either the gain or loss that is realized when that coin is exchanged. God, can you tell us about what are these journal entries? Like, you know, for people who are not sure about how journal entries work in the yep. books, what is the exact journal entry that you would record for, for example, in a situation where the client loses money mm -hmm. or, or, you know, gains money in terms of the increase in price of crypto? Yeah, so say that there is a loss, right? Mm -hmm. Say, you know, you the client, you provide a service to... Or actually, someone provides a service to you and they charge you one Bitcoin, right? Okay. Say that one Bitcoin on your books was $20,000 as your cost. Now, whenever you know that service is provided, say that one Bitcoin that they charged you is now worth $19,000, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a loss. Right. To record that, you would have to debit the expense for contractor or, you know, whatever the service may be, accounting fees, whatever. You would debit that expense. And the other side of the entry would be to credit that one Bitcoin at your cost, which is 20000 mm -hmm. Now, there's a $1,000 variance right. because the services are actually worth $19,000. Mm -hmm. So the connecting entry to that would be to recognize that loss. Okay. Because on the debit side, you're going to have $19,000. And on the credit side, there's twenty dollars because that's your cost basis. Mm -hmm. And the entry would be to debit that loss for $1,000. So to summarize that, it would be debit the loss, debit $19,000, that's the current value of Bitcoin, and credit $20,000, that was the value of Bitcoin when you made that transaction. That is correct. Okay. Now, you spoke about, you know, integrations and how the current software or like that are available in the market mm -hmm. do not have good API keys or not integrating right. with an accounting tool, for example, like QuickBooks. Right. So what are the missing gaps and how do you think this can be solved and what, what is required from the industry to mm -hmm. help solve this problem because you know when clients make transactions in tens of thousands in quantity mm -hmm. like for example 10,000 transactions in right. one year to do all this stuff manually I'm pretty sure it's very time consuming oh yeah <laughs> so what do you what do you recommend that softwares need or software need and how close do you think software can get in terms of this integration? Yeah, I think there needs to be a software that's created specifically for businesses that accept crypto. Mm -hmm that integrates with the commonly used accounting softwares, whether that be NetSuite, you know, QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online, you know, and some of the others. The way that these softwares work is that they're able to pull bank transactions. Mm -hmm. You know, you can connect your bank account to the accounting software. And anytime you swipe a card, it can automatically upload that transaction. Mm -hmm. Now, it would be nice to see if, there is, you know, or there can be a, some type of integration, whereas the crypto transactions, as they are made, are uploaded 
to the accounting software in the same manner that, say, a bank account would. Got it. Now, I know we are working on a software with crypto tax, and I'm a tax advisor on that you know, project. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hopefully, we can come up with a solution to this issue. Right. So basically, just to replicate what a software like QuickBooks is doing with bank statements, that's what's required from software. And hopefully that, you know, crypto tax as a company can introduce a software that integrates very well with all the systems. And that's pretty much going to solve all the problems for businesses and individuals Mm -hmm. when it comes to cryptocurrency taxes. And (laughs) as rightly, the, you know, company tagline says a one-stop solution for cryptocurrency taxes. So let's, you know, hope for the best and we should have that uh, up and running for investors. Right. Now, I have another question. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, let's circle back a little bit on uh, the transactions now for example there's a lot of theft when it comes to cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and example, hacking, hacking and yeah. things like that yeah right so for example one of you know some business owner who's receiving all this stuff in crypto mm-hmm. or receiving crypto payments mm-hmm. or even for individuals let's first focus on how do businesses record this theft and is it like an expense that they can write off against income so that depends now okay if there is a market for that coin mm-hmm. say if it was a rug pool okay. right if, if there's no market for that coin, how are you going to, you know, you would be able to expense it because there is no market for that coin. You took a huge loss, right? right. But say, for example, you know, if it got stolen mm-hmm. or things like that, like all of that would have to be justified, you know, and confirmed before you can take an expense. So the short answer to the question is, Yes, okay. you can take those as expenses. Mm-hmm. I know we have seen individuals who got, you know, hacked and, you know, they were held up or whatever the case may be. And they were hacked and their coins were lost or gone. Right. Now, sometimes there's a lot of gains associated with that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, if those coins were purchased back in 2015 or 16, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously going to be gains on it right now if those gains aren't realized you can probably only take the loss on your cost basis because that's what you actually lost got it because those gains are not realized yet does that make sense yeah it does so basically whatever amount you actually lost right paying right the amount you paid for the coins can be deducted as an expense but not what the market value is right Okay, yeah. that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. Because that's enough. what you actually paid. That's what you lost. That's what your loss was. Right. It obviously, you know, if you're talking in front of an IRS auditor, let's mm-hmm. say, and you take this conservative approach, mm-hmm. I think they wouldn't have any issues with it. And it's easily defendable in an audit. Got it. So I'm assuming to support that, you know, this case in an audit, you probably need bank statements, for oh, example, yeah. of yeah. buying the crypto yeah. or else. You know, transaction exports from exchanges right. or screenshots from these platforms to right. show that you received it and sent it out and then just it, it got lost. Pretty right. Much. Yeah. OK, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Now, I wanted to know what are the most popular coins that, you know, clients are accepting or your clients are accepting as payments mm-hmm. and what do you recommend? Yeah. So it depends on how much of a believer you are in crypto, right? Right. <laughs> From what I've seen, a lot of clients are accepting Bitcoin. They're accepting Ethereum. OK. And a lot of them, you know, the little bit more conservative investors are accepting dollar peg tokens. So that way there's a little less risk involved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, take the case of, let's say, Odell Beckham Jr., the professional football player. Right. 
he took his full salary mm-hmm. or expected to take his full salary in Bitcoin. Now, again, the industry is evolving so much that more and more people are willing to accept Bitcoin because they are strong believers. Mm-hmm. Now, my recommendation is if you, like I said, if you want to play it safe, you can take like a dollar peg token to, you know, not have huge fluctuation as to, you know, wow, at the time I provided these services, you know, Bitcoin was worth 60,000 and now it's only mm-hmm. worth 20, you know, right. you can't take those losses unless you sell the coin. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you'd have to recognize that income when the Bitcoin was sent to you. Right. So in my opinion, you know, if you're a little bit more conservative and less risky, mm-hmm. you know, take something and that's, you know, pegged by the dollar. Mm-hmm. And again, as we saw with the Luna situation right. uh-huh. and Terra, those can be risky as well, mm-hmm. but they are a little bit safer, you know, in terms of fluctuation in value. Right. So we're looking at stable coins like right. USDC and USDT. USDT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, obviously, like, you know, if you have to receive a dollar peg token, there might be questions like, then why don't I just take a bank transfer? Now, right. the obvious reason or justification to mm-hmm. that is you can literally make transfers in crypto within a few seconds right. versus doing it with the bank that takes a few days to clear that amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And irrespective of how large the amount is. Right. Uh, that's very interesting. Yes. Now, this is one of my last questions, and I wouldn't take a lot of your time, but I really want to know, you know, when a business is making expenses also in crypto and right. accepting mm-hmm. income in crypto. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the entire bookkeeping or record keeping for such sort of operation would be really time consuming and yes. you know, tedious. Yes. So that's pretty much like maintaining a manual set of books and then converting that onto a software like QuickBooks. Yeah. So I hope we get a good software in there Mm -hmm. and we should get that solution ready and hopefully buy a crypto tax. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for the project. Yep. Again, you know, it's extremely hard, at least for us accountants who are willing to accept clients that, you know, transact in crypto heavily and businesses that transact in crypto heavily. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to maintain in a way two separate books, one for just a crypto activity and one that includes everything. You know, and, and finding efficient ways to integrate those two right now is extremely difficult right. because of the, you know, I various items that I explained before. Like, uh-huh. for example, you know, you're not able to connect your Coinbase exchange to an accounting software. Absolutely. And sometimes even the exchange exports don't have the right cost basis. You know, it could be that, you know, you had bought something from another exchange and uh-huh. transferred it over to Coinbase and you're only providing your accountant with the Coinbase export. Right. And, you know, the cost basis is incorrect, uh-huh. you know, so it's like we have to backtrack all that stuff mm-hmm. and make sure that we have the correct cost basis, you know, those correct expense amounts. And yeah, it's extremely challenging, but, you know, we found the way to kind of cope with it for now. But I'm hoping to see a software mm-hmm. that, you know, makes our lives a little bit easier and actually, you know, potentially can save clients a lot of money on fees. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, well, hopefully that software comes around soon. Yeah. And uh, the session gave us a lot of information about, you know, cryptocurrency and bookkeeping tax aspect mm-hmm. of it. A few keywords that I personally picked from this was cost basis of the coins that you get, mm-hmm. receive or purchase. There's transfer analysis if you're, you know, transferring coins between wallets mm-hmm. to track the cost basis mm-hmm. and, you know, expensing it, journal entries. There's a lot of information in this podcast. And thanks a lot for joining us today. 
And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your time. And thank you. And I really appreciate you having me on here. It was great having this little session. Of course. <laughs> and uh, I would like to let everyone know we have a lot more coming up in the next episode. So stay tuned for more. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unlocking the Decentralized. This podcast is sponsored by CryptoTax, your one-stop solution for cryptocurrency taxes. Learn more at CryptoTax.co.in.